and welcome to the podcast. The podcast speech theory. I shall be a professional. <laughs> so today we are going to be in season two. We're going to be talking about our youth childhood. Youth childhood. And I want to tell you guys about... Your hobbies? Not my hobbies. My oh. favorite books that oh, I... Oh, okay. <laughs> when I was a teenager, I had this like... I think... It, I wasn't allowed to play video games un- uncontrollably mm-hmm. and I couldn't just watch TV or whatever whenever I wanted to mm-hmm. and so I found very quickly that I could read as much books as I wanted mm-hmm. and so because I was allowed free reign of reading I became quite the reader I had a lot of books that I would read and I thought it might be fun to talk about some of my favorite books okay did you ever read any books when you were a teenager um I've never really been a big reader. Mostly, like, as a kid, it was hard. Like, I had I struggled learning to read. And then once I did learn to read, it wasn't really fun for me. Like, I could see other people reading and I was like, why is that even... Why do you even think that's fun? Like, it confused What kind it of weirdo me. likes reading? It just confused me because <laughs> I could not relate. Yeah. And then... Um, but when I got into high school and after the witchcraft craze of saying harry potter was evil like died down a little bit then finally (laughs) we read harry potter (laughs) i don't remember ever hearing that harry potter was evil you lived in florida i lived in utah that's the difference (laughs) (laughs) because i remember when it first came out everybody was like this is a very bad book it's all about witchcraft and making it cool and all this stuff and and Lots of people had that opinion, and then yeah. eventually they were like, Harry Potter is so cool! And now look at me. <laughs> with it, Did you read all the Harry Potter books? books? Um, Actually, okay, so I don't think I read the last couple because it got really dark. Dark enough for me to be like, if I can't read this at night and fall asleep easily, then I have, I feel like I'm inviting like a bad spirit, and I don't want to. Mm-hmm. But I did, I did read like all the other ones. I know I read... Probably up till five. Okay. But I've seen all the movies multiple times. So it's, it's, I don't know. It's different when you're like, I think reading a book, like you bring that feeling for a lot longer because it takes longer to read a book than a movie. So for some reason, I'm okay with watching the movies, even though they're creepy when the books like, yeah. That's Anyways. Funny. I, um, we, but it was like enough that we loved it enough that we like went to the midnight release of every book after of every movie like two. Where did I you go to the midnight release of the book? The book. I didn't know there were midnight releases. There were midnight for the releases of the book at our little Walmart where we where we lived down in Ephraim. <laughs> really? And we, and we would go and we were like, there, oh, the next book is coming out. <laughs> we were like, I'll go. We're all these teenagers and just like waiting in line. And then uh, they would, I think I just remember a big pallet that was only books and they like unwrapped it and then everybody was like, ah, grabbing the books. <laughs> I do remember. I, I all my friends were reading Harry Potter when I think the fourth book came out. Okay. Or the fifth book, one of those two. Yeah. And I was like, everybody's reading this. I'm going to read it. So I read the first four books, mm-hmm. and it didn't really. None of them really caught my like attention. Like I never was like, oh Harry Potter. It was more of a like, well, everybody's reading these, so I better read them. And I read the first three or four, and everyone's like keep going they get better 
And I was like, okay. So I read like half of the fifth and I just got bored halfway through the book and I quit yeah. reading. I think that, um, who writes those? Uh, J.K. Rowling. Rowling. I think that right around the time that three was done, they became a sensation. Yeah. So she started writing them longer. And if you notice, the books get considerably longer after book oh. three. Um, and I think because she was making them longer, she was filling them with more fluff to try to get more readers, I guess. Ah, and so that didn't appeal to me. I was like already not really keeping my interest. I think you just didn't like her as an author. Like you, you know how, okay, sometimes when you read a book, like you'll find an author that you're like, I will read anything they put out because <laughs> I love the way they write. That is true. Like I think that she probably just didn't. She didn't do it for click me. Click with you. <laughs> yeah. And I read a lot of other books. I really like the way that she writes, but I didn't like the dark feeling is all. It could be I didn't like the way that she writes. It also could be that I didn't really relate to any of the characters. You were older than me. I was their age. Like, especially once the movie came out, I was like, oh my goodness, they're my age. I want to read the books. <laughs> oh yeah, I was probably like 15 and here I am reading a book about an 11-year-old. Yeah. But I, I guess it didn't. that didn't affect me when I... So I read there was another book series that I really liked that I actually have read many, many times. It's called the Tennis Shoes Among the Nephites yes. series. Okay. And I, I guess so good. I was like, actually, I think I was 12 when I read the first book and the kids in the book are like 12. Wait, which one are you talking Tennis about? Tennis Shoes Among the okay. Nephites. Um, but then going back and rereading those books, I think just because I did read it when I was younger, it was fun it for was me. It was like nostalgic and you yeah. wanted to keep reading. But those characters in subsequent books grow up and become adults and have their own kids. And at any age in my teenage years, I enjoyed the stories. It, mm -hmm. it really spoke to me and mm -hmm. I loved all the characters. I loved the adventures they went on. And that is... I think if I had to pick one book series that's like my favorite. That you wouldn't want to go without. That I could easily read over and over and over and over and again. And he has. <laughs> it's those ones. And actually, we haven't read those for like 10 years. I know. Okay, so. It was when we, when we got, were first married. When you, before we were married, you had read through them like twice. Yes. And then once we got married, I remember staying up every night. So I was pregnant. With James. Uh, with James and we were living in a little house in Mount Pleasant, Utah and you had um, been, well, we were both going to school, but I think eventually I dropped out because of, I was pregnant and just horribly sick and couldn't keep going. But um, <laughs> I remember staying up late and it was in this house that was very cold. Like it was a not well insulated house at all. And, and we like, didn't have money for the heater bill. Uh, yeah. So, so we, we, we would, we got wood from my parents and there was a fireplace, thankfully. And we had like this futon that was right by the fireplace. So we would stoke up the fire and we'd pour ourselves some cocoa puff cereal. At least that's the kind I remember eating. I think you were eating Reese's Puffs because you love those. Oh, yeah. And Captain Crunch. Peanut oh, butter crunch. Oh, yeah. Peanut butter crunch. I that's remember like stuff. specific. I remember this because I was pregnant. Honestly, that's how I... <laughs> Because I was like, I love this food right now. Food memories from yes. being pregnant. And then we would just sit there and read Tennis Shoes Among the Nephites. And it was so good. It and was I read so that whole good. series to you Yeah. over a period of just a few months. And there's yeah. like 10 books. There's so many books, but they're so good. Like the author is so good. It that If there's ever a book, in my opinion, right? This is our theory, right? But if there's ever <laughs> a book that you like 
find the, uh, an author that you really, really, really love, you should totally try writing in that style. Because you did that, actually. Mm-hmm. I think that's a cool idea to try. You, you did that for a while. And um, you have s- somewhat of a book written. I did write somewhat of a book before my mission. Yeah. When I was a teenager. And like one day you're like, I wrote this book. You have to read it. And so I read it and it was like maybe one chapter. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and it, But it was written in the same uh, style man. as like his favorite author, which is Chris Heimerdinger. And it's, it was good. When was I was good. when I was a teenager and I was reading tons of books all the time, I think I started having a passion and I wanted to write. Yeah. I wanted to write books and mm-hmm. stories and and so I did. So I was like, I really want to learn how to type um, you know, using a key is that a keyboard? Is that what that's called? Yeah, yeah. it's called a keyboard. <laughs> I was like, I want to learn how to type on a keyboard and I want to be fast. Mm-hmm. And so when I was a teenager, we had like these fun games. There was one where it was like it would have a letter on the screen. You type that letter, and then the little character would walk across the screen. And uh, as you, and then the letters would get faster. It was like S A S A S A S A F S A S A, and that's how you kind of like learn where the okay, keys are. Okay, what is this program? We need this for our kids. I now. know, right? Well, keyboard th- typing games. We need to look. There, there are some. Yeah. I've, I've actually looked them up. Um, but in all reality, what really helped me to learn typing was writing my book. So I had it written out just like handwritten and had like 50 pages of this book. And maybe this is a book you haven't read because I had way more than one chapter. No, I read it. I remember. <laughs> I read it. I had 50 it pages a, yeah, of this I re- book. I read it. There's multiple chapters. In fact, okay. actually, I think I've finished the whole book now that I am thinking back on my memory. Was it about an ant <laughs> and a raccoon and and a dragon? I remember a teenager. I remember pizza. <laughs> That's a way different book. Okay. That's a way different what one. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> the one I'm telling you about was when I was younger. I read oh, a different book and it was like yeah, a full like, on like, like? <laughs> really big story adventure. Um, what, what age were you when you wrote that? probably 13 this is one of those times where we need it to read it right now (laughs) i have no idea where it is but i took that story and i had it all written out and i and i had my fingers on the keyboard and i would like type out each letter as i was writing the story on the computer okay and just that practice of like typing over and over again the actual words not just like random s-a-s-a-s-a but like actual words practice it got to the point where by the time i was done i could type really quick that's cool. And as of right now, I think I can type like 60 words per minute. That's awesome. Which is not super fast, but it's not that bad either. No, it's it does what you need it to. Like you're not a secretary or anything, you know, right. <laughs> like it's okay. <laughs> you, <laughs> you're totally fine with that. Uh, but I think the first book that I read that was like an actual real book was when I was 11. And it was um, The Secret of Nim. Ooh. Yeah. I've seen that cartoon. <laughs> I never read the book though. I don't know if I ever watched the cartoon. Maybe I have. Yeah, I think you've seen it. I think I showed it to you once. But I, I remember the book. The only thing I remember about the book was that there was like this cinder block that was partially underground and that's where the mice lived. Oh yeah. And then this woman had to go to the rats. And I don't remember much else about it. Ask for 
something to save her husband who is sick. Medicine. Yeah. Need medicine. Yeah. Was, that was I'm a good just, book, I'm though. remembering the cartoon. But that was the first <laughs> book I ever read that was like, not a picture book. Like, yeah. not a little kid's book. You know, Corbin right now is in oh. a hard, like, little section of life where he's young enough that he really wants the pictures. But he's old enough, or his, he's smart enough that, like, he's reading faster than Michael. Like, he'll read over my shoulder and I'll be reading a paragraph and he'll finish the paragraph before I do. Yeah. Almost every single time. Yeah. The thing, the only problem is his comprehension's not yeah. quite there. But the thing is like he's in this weird spot where he wants the pictures, but he is reading at a higher level where the pictures aren't anymore. So he's, then he's like dumbed down by the books he wants to read, but he doesn't actually want to read the books that are like his level it's so weird yeah it's weird. It's he'll a, get there he will and i think as his vocabulary improves mm -hmm. um his comprehension will improve yeah and then his appreciation for those more older books will improve too oh yeah i think honestly what if we like slipped in tennis shoes among the nephites to like under his pillow or something well here's the thing like if he when we read that, tennis shoes among the nephites i enjoyed reading it with you and oh, i remember I saying i want to read these books again when our when kids, our kids are old enough it. to yep. appreciate them I so <clears throat> i have patiently waited <laughs> for 10 years for our kids to finally be old enough where I think they would actually really enjoy oh, the stories. Oh, I think they would too. I think they would love it. So I've been waiting for this day and I'm not going to let them read them on their own. Okay, I want to read okay. them because I enjoy reading them yep. too because they're so fun. They're so good. So that was the first book I read. And then after the Tennis Shoes series, um, there was another book series that one of my friends introduced me to called Dragonlance. Oh, yeah. And I read all the Dragonlance Chronicles by Margaret Wise and See, Tracy Hickman. See, that's the one we should um, sneak into Corbin. Those are even more advanced than Tennis really? Shoes. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the Dragonlance books are really fun. It's like a dragons and elves and dwarves and they go on this adventure and there's magic and wizards and... Um, I really, really loved that series. I think that was one that I read when I was like more like 16, 17 years old, a little bit older. Um, because they're just like these thick fantasy novels that are not meant for young audiences mm -hmm. at all. They're literally like teen, young adult audience. Yeah. Um, and so kids wouldn't appreciate it. We just need it. to find more books that Corbin can read. That's all I'm thinking right now. I'm like, okay, we need to find more. And coronavirus has shut down the libraries i know well uh, a lot of books are available online i know but oh what i was going to say was that story that you read that was like one chapter uh -huh. that was actually more inspired by dragonlance than than oh, tennis shoes okay because it was about these boys i had read tennis shoes with you and then we you we moved to florida and that's where i read it for the first time that you showed it to me and I remember thinking this sounds exactly like Chris Heimerdinger. <laughs> I think the writing style was like Chris yes. Heimerdinger, but I think the actual like content story, story yeah. was more along the lines. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> I really liked the I like the writing style of Tennis Shoes Among the Nephites. Yeah. Because it's a little bit more like a little younger, a little more conversation, adventure, like descriptive. But Dragonlance is like super descriptive. Like you'll have an entire page and it's just describing the energy in the place mm -hmm. which in a way is really cool to visualize it yeah the cool description they were like how come you have such a hard time doing your homework and i was just like i don't know because when my in family's reality making sarah hamlin in my living room <laughs> <laughs> when in reality
reality, now I know, oh, it's because I had a very loud at-home life that was fun and more interesting than homework and I never wanted to do homework because of it. But every teacher always was like, what's going on at home? Like there was this horrible thing. It wasn't, it was just more exciting than homework. Um, and that was one of those times he's like, okay, I think you should read this book, but will you promise me you'll read it? And I was like, and he's like, no, I want you to promise you're going to read it. And I was like, I guess so. And he's like, okay, here's this book. It's very special. He gave it to me. And I never read it. <laughs> Did you even try? No. <laughs> Did you even open the cover? I probably opened it and then went, boring. I don't want to read this. This is boring. <laughs> Honestly, you take somebody who has so much homework and so much fun at home and you give them more homework. That's not going to help you. Give them a boring book. <laughs> no, I really like that book, actually. And Good. even still today, a lot of the principles that I learned in that book, I Good. still do. That's probably why I'm more effective than you are. Probably. <laughs> uh, I work so differently than you. And that's okay, because in all reality, the things that you can do are so different than anything yes. I could ever do. Like we totally complement each other. Yeah. We're just not, we don't work the same you way. You have different skills and different abilities than I do. Yeah. And that, it just is what it is. And it's funny though, because I feel like because of that, we work. Like YouTube works for us and everything that we do works. Like I am much more creative and spastic and not like planned. And you're like. Which is good. That's a good yeah. thing. I'm not good at that. And you like plan things More and you calculate and, yeah. and very analytical. And I'm not like that. I think both of us have gotten more like each other over the years. Like not so rigidly like how we were. But we also but, know what each other's strengths and weaknesses are. And some of the things I never do. Because I know that he will do a better job and it will take him 10 times less time because it comes to him naturally. Where same thing vice versa with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's it. And then, um, oh, on my mission, I read Jesus the Christ. That's yeah. a really good book that I really want to read again. And here's I've my problem. Like, since I was a kid, reading to me was like an escape as when I was a child uh -huh. or a teenager. It was like, my life is crazy. Like, I don't want to do all this work. I'm going to go escape to my bedroom. And the only option I have is to read. So I read mm -hmm. and read and read. And now in my life, it's like, my life is great. I have everything that I want. I can do whatever I want. And so, nah, I'm not interested in reading. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't have the same appeal yeah. to me because... I need to ask you to do more work. <laughs> do you, you're not in charge of me. <laughs> I'm going to make you do it. <laughs> you don't scare me. Oh, oh yeah. Just kidding. You, you don't. You're way not uh, scary. Michael, I have never seen... You're so rude. <laughs> no I could be scary. I could... Stop laughing! <laughs> You're like the if least you... scary person ever. I have scared you sometimes. When I get... where? What's the most mad you've ever seen me? But not at me. Really? <laughs> you might get that's mad true. at the kids. Oh, that's true. I've gotten really mad at the kids and I've gotten really mad at Andrew once. Well, lots of times growing up. But... And usually when you get that mad, I'm like, that's right. Yeah. You tell him, Becca. That's <laughs> but right. I know I've gotten mad at you before. Not like to the point of scaring me. <laughs> 
you say that now, but during I remember you shivering and shaking. <laughs> my dear, my sweet, sweet dear, you don't have the same control over me that my mom did. <laughs> if my mom grounded me and my dad enforced it, there was no way around it. And sweet talk you into anything. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> You're making me seem less scary to them. I don't know why I want to see. I know. I my whole life, <laughs> my whole life, I have been judged as the blonde dumb girl that doesn't have like anything real to say and is just like easily excused like easily looked over and it has frustrated me like to a point where you like you want to be perceived as well that's the thing like you want to be <gasps> i don't i don't want people to think i'm dumb no one thinks you're dumb but that is the cliche with the blonde girl but your whole argument against me right now is that i don't find you scary there's a difference <laughs> between dumb but that also means to me and maybe this is just all in my head so let's talk it through but that you don't take me seriously. Like, I, for some reason, those seem the Maybe same to me. Maybe that is the difference. I do, I do take, I do respect what you say. And so, therefore, I want to make you happy. And I will proactively go out of my way to please you. Versus as a teenager, when my mom would tell me what to do, I would intentionally try to avoid... <laughs> her instructions like i would go out of my way to hide from her rather than being like what can i do for you that's the difference um okay that's good to know does that make sense yeah that does make sense i think and I if do the i same was trying you. to hide from you and i didn't want to make you happy and i wanted you to be like grumpy all the time then i'd probably be like oh no it's back i'm gonna go hide my man cave but like we just don't have that kind of relationship yeah <laughs> that's probably a good thing <laughs> i think it's a great thing <laughs> but because of that i don't read anymore because <laughs> you don't need to read i don't need that escape anymore okay well no that's good i guess here's the thing now you better make a, sure your mom feels good <laughs> as a teenager i couldn't just play video games whenever i wanted to i couldn't just watch whatever cartoons while yeah. i wanted to. we didn't have netflix of course mm -hmm. but it's like if if my mom caught me playing video games, she'd get to work, right? You got jobs to do. Well, now, if I want to play video games, I just play video games. <laughs> and so if I had to choose, like as a teenager, I totally would have chose video games, but oh, I didn't have yeah, that choice. Yeah, so I read books, choice. right? Yeah. That was more tolerated. That makes sense. But as an adult, now I'm like, books, movies. I'm going to watch movies or play video games. I think I'm a very visual person too. Mm -hmm. Like Corbin, I get frustrated when there's not pictures to look at. And I know that seems like, oh, you get over that when you're an adult. But no, I don't. I like pictures. I got over that. And so, but that's why I like movies because uh, it's a visual and an audio. Like it's it's both. So it's just, it just makes me, it's more fulfilling to me. It's more entertaining to me. I just overall, overall like it a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Let me know what your guys' favorite books are. I'm curious to know if you guys have read the Tennis Shoes books or Porter Rockwell or Dragonlance. Like, are any of our Rich Dad, Poor Dad, what self-help books have you read? Also, wait, um, I have to say something else. And uh -oh. it has nothing to do with what you were talking about. Just barely. You have to keep it on topic. To. Um, no, I don't. Yes, Anyways. You do. <laughs> if you don't, that means you don't fear me. 
Well, I definitely don't fear you. So anyways. Um, I want to be feared. <laughs> just like you want to be feared. <laughs> well, here's the thing. People, I remember um, a lot of people, if you don't know things, if you don't know things, they'll just make fun of you. You know, like they'll just laugh in your face and be like, oh, you don't know that. Well, that happened to me all the time when I was a teenager with specifically bad things like because I was very sheltered and I didn't want to see bad things. But just the fact of being made fun of for not knowing those things, that made me want to know them. And oh. so I could be like, I know what you're talking about. And they'd be like, whoa, she knows that. And then mm -hmm. I'd be like, that's right. But now I'm like, oh, no, I've gone past that. <laughs> I don't need to know everything bad in the world for people to respect me you know it's weird anyways i had to explain more of that thought now we can close it go ahead all right bye <laughs>
stop. Your mom's going to hear this. She's going to be like, you're making me sound bad. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> that's true. She does. Listen. But in all reality, like, that's my memory. Like... If we were <laughs> if we were playing, we were usually getting being sneaky. You know, see, here's the thing, though. You got reading because of that. I did. I didn't because of that. So, like, it's just you know, there's pros and cons to it all. Like, it really just depends on how positively we want to look at it. Because <laughs> I could look at yours and be like, "Wow, you got to read so much," and you could look at mine and be like, "Wow, you got to have fun with your family so much." I don't know, you know. Like, there's different positive ways of looking at it i guess that's true i never thought of it that way because in my family you wouldn't have been reading as much or maybe true. you could have been i guess there was a lot of places to run and hide <laughs> <laughs> but like i just couldn't do it because i had fomo i think i i'd gotten really Fear good at reading missing out just in case <laughs> in case you don't know what fomo means yeah. um i got really good at reading and i really enjoyed reading that i started reading other books that were non-fiction like that were not just well, adventure so books. So that really confuses. That was something that always confused me as a kid. Nonfiction versus fiction. I was like, fiction is fake. Nonfiction is. And not I fake. always thought it was the opposite. Always. You thought fiction was like real stories of yes. life. And then nonfiction means like not real. Wait. See, I'm confused. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the face you made made me like, wait, did I say that the opposite of what I was like? See, I'm so confused. <laughs> you said it the right way. I just misunderstood it. <laughs> I comprehended it the wrong way. I was like, what? <laughs> no, you're right. Um, That's but, funny. But yeah, anyway, I, I was like, well, I want to learn some stuff. I can't remember the first nonfiction. Oh, you know what it was? So. Rich uh, Dad, Poor Dad. I think Rich Dad Poor Dad might have been the first one ha, because it was like yeah, I was yeah, reading these stories, right, of these fancy adventures and fantasy and stuff. And then I was like, I want to read something that's like more productive. <laughs> Honestly, I think I was just looking for another another book to read. Yeah. And it didn't I wasn't looking for something specifically nonfiction. Mm -hmm. um, but I found a book. Uh, well, actually, because Tennis Shoes Among the Nephites is actually based on stories from the Book of Mormon, which is real, which is true stories, mm -hmm. nonfiction. And so I was like, See, so <laughs> it's historical fiction, but it's based on historical actual events. Yeah. And so then soon after that, I read the Porter Rockwell Chronicles. Oh, I love those ones. You've, we read those ones together too. And I, I think that one I love more than Tennis Shoes. Really? Okay. I want to read that one again. We should read that one again. That one was so good. So the Porter Rockwell Chronicles is about a, a figure in the history of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day mm -hmm. Saints. And he was the bodyguard for Joseph Smith. And uh, he just, it's a four book series that basically takes the historical facts about his life and adds a little bit of story around it to help kind of make it feel more like you're actually there yeah getting to know him as a character so it's like the main things are true the main things are true maybe some of the side conversations and little things on the side are just added mm -hmm. um to help make the character be more uh, and relatable. it's cool because after we read all that we went and um a little while ago filmed a video in eureka a ghost town here in utah and they had Porter Rockwell's cabin there. And it was like 
so exciting because we were there filming at night a metal detecting video and the metal detecting video we got out in this like there was a parking lot by a gas station and it had this little brown cabin in like we just got out and we we're all looking around and we're doing our metal detecting video and all of a sudden i look up and there's this sign that's like porter rockwell's cabin and i was like what <laughs> i was like michael you have to come see this because he was in the car with max max was really little yeah. and he came out he's like this is porter rockwell's cabin we were like freaking out fangirling <laughs> this cabin <laughs> well <laughs> charlie's so exciting charlie's middle name is porter after porter rockwell yeah um but I really liked, I fell in love with like the idea of like, this is a true person, like a real thing that happened in history. And so then I actually went to the library and there was a whole bunch of books that I read um, that were like historical fictions about um, like real history events. And they would have like a made up character going through those real histor historic events, oh, the yeah. made up character perspective. Okay. Um, so it kind of brought history to life for me in a really what, fun what way. Is, what Books. I can't remember what they're called, but they books. were like little short stories. Okay, it was like about um, a kid in the Holocaust or a little Native American oh, girl, yeah. or like different people at different in different time periods living in different cultures. That sounds familiar to me. I know with the Holocaust, there's a lot of those though, right. like where they there's so many stories from. But there. it wasn't an actual person. Okay, it was like a historical event that was real. And then they added in... Brought it to life with a character. A fictional character living out those true historical events. That's interesting. Yeah, That's it was... really interesting. It was cool. We and so find those too. We yeah. need to, you need to get the keyboard <laughs> typing app or whatever. I, love, I like reading a lot. Um, also, I, I figured out something. Huh. I feel like super unproductive. I, pr I pretty much, when I read, feel almost as bad as when I play video games. Like, when I play video games, I just feel like I'm wasting my life. What about when you watch TV? I enjoy that so much. You don't feel like you're wasting your time when you're watching Not TV? Not as much. Like, it's it's like I enjoy it way, way more than if I... That's so strange But to me. if I... um, I feel the same way when I'm reading books. I feel like I'm wasting my life unless it's a self-help book. And then I love it. Like, and I've only discovered this since I've been an adult where I'm like, okay... I really want to read a book. What can I read? If I want to read something, I have to, like I find mm -hmm. a really good self-help book and then I I mostly, even when it's still a self-help book and I feel like I'm being productive, I still have to do it like audiobook style because then I can get other things done while I do it. Like I just feel so unproductive when I read. Well, uh, it was about that time that my mom was like, here's a really good book. It's got a really good story. It's about a boy and his friend and they grew up and the boy's friend is um, really, really like a good business or like really, really good businessman. And the boy's dad. Anyway, and I was like, oh, that sounds like an interesting story. So I read this story and it's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. But it's really cool because he teaches like investing principles and how to make money and how the rich think. But he teaches it in the stories of his youth, of his childhood as he was growing up. And so it doesn't feel like you're just reading a self-help book. It feels like you're reading a story. And so I was like, wow, this is a really good story. And I learned a lot reading it. Mm -hmm. and I remember from that book, I'm pretty sure it's from that book, the story of the little boy who had a fruit stand. 
and the and he was like i'm gonna make so much money selling fruit on the beach or whatever and then his dad's like okay but don't come back until everything is sold and he's like okay and it was like the end of the day and he was so close he only had like a little bit of fruit left and it wasn't sold yet and he was like dying and then the dad like hired somebody gave somebody some money and said go buy the rest of that fruit <laughs> and he bought the rest of the fruit and the boy came home and was like dad i sold all the fruit uh-huh. I don't remember that. I, that was the only thing I remember. Have you from. read that book? I think you were reading it to me for a minute. Okay. And I don't remember finishing it though. Okay. And so I read that and then I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like it taught me about investing in business. And then I read one of Rich Dad Poor Dad's like advisors, um, like team members wrote a book called uh, Real Estate Riches. So I read Real Estate Riches, which was more from the perspective of like, this is how you invest. This is what you look for. And so when I was probably 16 or 17 years old, I read a book about real estate investing. And it was like everything I was reading, I was like, wow, this is cool. Like I can make money. And it just helped fuel the fire of my entrepreneurial spirit. He's always, always been somebody who's like, I don't want to have anybody else be a boss over me. And he's always, from the minute I met him, like, I asked him, like, what do you want to be when you grow up, right? (laughs) (laughs) What do you want to be? And he's like, I want to be a beekeeper. I want to have, I want to be like an industrial, no, what is it? Beekeeper, where you have commercial commercial beekeeper. And I want to own my own business and I want to own real estate. Like, he had all these grand plans. And I was like, that's really good. I have nothing. I want to be a mom one day. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> so match me in heaven, right? <laughs> That's right. Isn't it cool? Think about it. You've done it. Mm-hmm. We've done the things you planned. Mm-hmm. Other than industrial, what is it? Commercial. Commercial beekeeper. <laughs> I keep saying that. Industrial. Industrial beekeeper. beekeeper. Other than commercial beekeeper, which we've found you did more research and it was a lot more work than you were wanting to do. I think that my experience in Florida as a beekeeper was much different than my experience in Utah as a beekeeper. Yeah. And so like as a teenager, I was well on my way to becoming a commercial beekeeper. Mm -hmm. I went from one beehive and then I, by the time I left on mission, I had 10 active beehives. Oh my goodness. And they were all doing great. And I could have sick only because all of it got, given away on your mission i still feel bad about that i know but (sighs) beekeeping in utah is not nearly as easy as it was back home in florida but anyway so yeah i just read a whole bunch of books i read uh seven habits of highly effective teens that was a really good book see that that's a self-help book i don't know why some self-help books i see the cover and i'm like that looks like the most boring book i've ever seen (laughs) in my life it has and that's denim on the cover. It has denim on the cover. Denim's not that cool. <laughs> it was when I was a teenager. <laughs> I oh, leggings. Now that's <laughs> nice. Just There's a few other books I read. Um, but wait, wait. I just tell l- me more about that last one. Seven Habits. Yeah. It was like be proactive, think win-win, begin with the end in mind. Okay. It was all the same habits as in Stephen Covey's. So Stephen Covey wrote The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Yes. And his son Sean Covey wrote The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens. Okay. It's the same seven habits, but it's more from like a team perspective. Okay. okay. Right? Like what kinds of things are teens dealing with that they need these seven habits to help them Okay. Because be I went, I actually was given that book. Oh. When I went to a 
I had to be meet with the counselor in high school. Uh-huh. Like, because I think we all had to at one point or another. And they were like, okay, go meet with the counselor. So I went and meet, met with the counselor and I was just, you know, I think all times I ever met with a counselor,